A curveball. No balls. One strike. The left fielder. The left fielder makes the catch. Three up and three down. In the middle of the first, the Milwaukee Brewers, zero. The Montreal Expos, zero. Here is the Milwaukee Brewers defensive lineup for today's game. Today's starter for Milwaukee is Ben Sheets. Looking at today's matchup, Jose Vidro should have a good day for the Montreal Expos. Vidro is one of those guys that just needs to put the ball in play somewhere to have a chance at getting on. Leading off, Peter Bergeron. Oh, God. Let's see if this works. We'll see how long this works, everybody. So this is our 55th episode, and once again, we are... Uh, the most technical of difficulties happening right now. But I'm Francisco, and I'm joined by Andrew and Charles. Andrew is uh, from afar today. He's, he's remote, He's uh, and not because of the of the C-virus. Not in, No, I'm, I'm remote for other reasons. It's <laughs> not related to the C-virus. Okay, good. That's, that's, that's good. And, uh, okay, so it looks like things are, are going according to, to plan for now. We'll see how long this lasts. We've got uh, another classic video game in the background. We've got Home Run King for the Nintendo GameCube. It was made by Sega. Um, it's basically basically it's essentially just World Series Baseball, the World Series Baseball, or, or what eventually became the MLB 2K series. So that's that. There are games on. There are still people going to the games for now, and we'll be talking about that. And YouTube is going to come after us today. They are they are definitely going to get rid of us, and we're we'll be banned from YouTube today uh, for sure. For sure after this, because we mentioned a certain affliction. And that's do going we really on. give a damn at this point? Eh, do we really give a damn at this point? Nah, we've earned our forty-one cents. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, oh. No. What? Uh, no, there are. I mean, are We're you looking forty-one cents now? I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Um. Uh, so home well, run came thirty-six cents. Two cents. I'll uh, I'll put a game here in the background. Last time I so. checked, we were only at thirty-six cents. Oh, now it's forty-one. So uh, okay, so I think this game came out in two thousand and two, because usually they always put like the default teams as the the last World Series uh, opponents, and it's the Yankees and the Diamondbacks. Oof, that stinks. <laughs> um, awesome playoff for you there, Charles. <laughs> I'm going I mean, PTSD to... PTSD is a real thing. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put an exhibition. We'll put nine innings. We'll put uh, we'll put them at legend difficulty in the background. And uh, can I... How do I change the teams here? Uh, let's see. Oh, team. Uh, oh, this is an interesting player map. Okay. Uh, okay, teams, guys. Who shall we, we pit? in the background do they have a random button uh i i can move the controller a bunch and close my eyes and that'll be random <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, just hold it down for five seconds. We'll okay, so I'll, I'll just rotate the controller one. for. And... Or you can, you can do it for at least twenty seconds. Uh, that's too long. I'll just stop now. Okay, the angels. Ah, crap. Okay, so the angels. This is a weird menu. Uh, oh, you can choose random uniforms. All right, cool. The angels versus. This is a weird way to do oh, this wow. menu. And versus the Braves. We'll do that. All right. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll do that. Angels versus Braves. Nine innings. Uh, legend difficulty. They'll be playing whatever. I don't care which ballpark. And it, it's... Uh, oh, dear God. Greg Maddox is still on the Braves. Uh, okay. Cool. And the Angels will win oh, the World Series. Cool. At Banquin Ballpark for some reason. Yes. Don't know why I chose that, but sure. All right, cool. So, guys. <laughs> so, guys. Uh, what's... Uh, Let's go, do we want to go ahead and get demonetized now, or do we want to get demonetized later? Oh, no, we're getting demonetized right now. Let's, let's get it over with. So, uh, let's do it. There is a certain virus going around, and it's basically shutting down anything and everything... That involves what the hell is that for the Atlanta Braves? Um, <laughs> uh, it's shutting down basically everything that has more than ten people in it. Um, it has gone and affected sports now at this point, and we like talking about sports here, so it's the only thing that matters in the world. Nothing else matters. At least on this show. So, um, NHL has changed some things. The NBA is preparing for what's going to go down. Uh, Italy has gone to the extreme in holding soccer matches without people. Uh, the Nippon Baseball League is, is getting geared up for what's going to go down over there. Uh, everybody's doing something, so... Initial thoughts on what's going down, and have you washed your hands today? Yes, I have. Okay, cool. Uh, Andrew, you want to go I'm, first? I'm kind of concerned by the lack of response from Charles. <laughs> I mean, I I wash, I sanitize. You don't have your. I even I even didn't even shake my client's hand today out of respect to them and their paranoia. Did you? Because I live in Little Orange County. Well, are you doing a fist bump or what's what's the what's the protocol for you? It, I, look, I'll tell you right now. I would take a point happily if I can just never fist bump any of my uh, clients or <laughs> hug them, and they feel compelled to do either way. I am not old school. I am not grandpa attorney who always feels the need to do professional. It's just given my line of work, which I won't go into detail on live. Uh, internet, but you know, there's sensitivities of the hugging. I don't want to do any of that. Okay. You know, these are people I'm helping out that are victims. So, you know, you want to um, respect their space. Uh, granted, you know, sidebar, that's always, it's an emotional stuff that we do. Okay. I do like, you know, domestic violence for, I guess, the one person out there who wonders what the hell three attorneys do on a show. So, you know, but uh, fist bump's fine. But I can also like fist bump like a 80 year old lady. It's weird. <laughs> because I might like hurt her arthritic knuckles and I don't oh, want that gosh. lawsuit on me. But you never know, right? But always respectful towards them. And, you know, I offered my hand out and she's like, I don't know about that. I'm like, you're right. 
thank you. You have taught me something today that, you know, I won't call it mass hysteria because it is a scary situation, as is anything that's in the unknown. But, um, but you know, you learn every day. Right? So, yes, I washed my hands. I sanitized. I put it under boiling hot water to just kind of crack my skin raw. I don't know if I'd like it like that, but, you know, I feel... Because <laughs> oh, here's the thing, too, you guys. If you hand sanitize, and let's just talk about it, if the hand sanitizer kills 99.9% of the germs, that um, if that's point one's out there, and it's, you know, the CV, that's what I'll call it. Um, are you rude? I don't know. That's always, is that own germ just think of itself as an old Western, like you killed my entire family and I'll get revenge on you? Um, <laughs> Inigo Montoya, basically Inigo Montoya. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just coming in and it shoots up my immune system, proverbially and literally. I wonder, but I'm also a health nut. Like, I can't even share food with people. So I'm always going to be okay. I didn't want to put myself on that. You know, this is like being on the cross here. Uh, I'm uncomfortable now, Andrew. Thank you. Um, but yeah, needless to say, we're good over here. All right. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a Purell <laughs> in my office. I've got a Purell in my car. So when I'm out, I'm, I've, I've, been, I've been doing really good. I've been doing super, super good and uh, wash my hands always in a public bathroom. Apparently only like 30% of men do that. So gross. Um, it's just freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Just uh, I, I feel like putting a sign in my own bathroom here at work. Like don't be pigs and don't get me killed over this. Just wash your hands. I, I don't want your uh, your... I don't know, your your testes residue on my hands either so you know whatever anyways um okay I mean, okay no we're going into this question then do you do you have two towels francisco because your statement there means nothing afterwards <laughs> um all right stop so, provoking stuff on sports scoops. <laughs> all right don't answer that it was rhetorical so there have been extremes as far as the, the what's going on now uh santa clara county has announced that they've shut down basically all public gatherings of any sort, which includes the San Jose Sharks right now. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of that yet. Um, so the Sharks, mm -hmm. the Sharks are out of a playoff race, so missing some home games for them isn't going to be that much of an issue. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they'll just do like a like a uh like a situation where they'll just play their games on the road at places that will allow I, mean, I have i have to imagine that's what they're going to end up doing i mean a few years ago when madison square garden was undergoing huge huge uh renovations the ranger admittedly they had a bit more time to plan but the rangers went on a huge road trip for the i don't know month or so that that renovations were being done so i have to assume uh, i mean the problem is since it's so late in the season and they didn't really get a lot of lead time kind of like with the renovations so i assume they'll probably may not play another game at home the way this is still going well, yeah, it's the last month of the season. Well, not well. It's the last month. It's like and a, a week. month and a half. Yeah, essentially of the season. So the sharks are, are the sharks are out of it. They, I'm sure they they understand and and it's just so it, it's happened in other sports. I mean, I think the Montreal Expos played like their entire last uh, like I forgot which season, but 
Uh, it was on the road because like a huge piece of Olympic Stadium fell off. And they, no, they couldn't, uh, fell off inside and they, they just couldn't play because they were afraid that it was going to fall apart on everybody. And surprisingly, it's still there. Uh, um, so it's not unprecedented, but this is different. This is where, you know, we're not going to, giant pieces of concrete don't transmit through the air, uh, <laughs> as easily as, as the C virus right now. Right. So that's the difference here. Um, I think we should just go with what Charles said and just call it CV. All right, the CV. So even, even leave the V word out of it. Okay. Who knows, we might be able to get past the censors. Yeah, whatever. Uh, screw you two. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the we CV. We believe in free speech here, boys. Yeah, so the CV. It's not unprecedented. Not to be confused with curriculum vitae. Um, so, like... Uh, LeBron James came out and said that he wouldn't play to an empty crowd, which I, I don't know what I don't know what he means by that. Does he mean like he would rather they suspend the season until they can have a crowd, or he's I, I don't know. It's it's. Is it like, uh, you know, this is the NBA. This is, we can't just like not put on a show or whatever. I have no idea. Yeah, I find it yeah, kind I of. see where he's coming from because ultimately, you know, it's for the fans. I, I guess that's his reasoning. I, I... Did you get paid though? That, that let's let's talk about this let's let's play evil here for a second is it for the fans or if the season's canceled due to anything like that you think about all the guys under that collective bargaining agreement do they have that kind of clause in there in their contracts or in the cba to get them paid for what they don't play well i mean i, I have to imagine there's a force majeure clause in there they'd be stupid not to have one uh let me lawyer here for a second mm -hmm. so force majeure is just a f fancy way of saying an act of god clause um why is god so angry at us all the time <laughs> oh wait no 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 that's a, that's for a whole different video uh, <laughs> <laughs> youtube just shut us down <laughs> really no i'm just kidding <laughs> oh i was gonna say damn um but yeah it, Big contracts like that, I have to imagine that they're going to have an act of God, uh, act of God clause. Um, I mean, I'm sure they didn't necessarily imagine there would be a huge outbreak pandemic, but I don't know. Do you, do you kind of see where I'm going with this? I, I yeah, but yeah. you mentioned. Uh, I'm sorry, Professor. You just mentioned big contracts, but the difference between collective bargaining agreements and then you know individual contracts sure but what about even the veteran contracts is i believe isn't lebron part i don't think he's president but he might be in that committee of the guys who represent them um in their nba talks that's why i'm just curious for that sake because what about even the guys that you have the minimum salaries what if you have the guys who are on the t uh, the two-way contracts the 10-day contracts you yokim noah right he just got signed by the clippers we'll go into bat basketball details on that in a second but I'm just curious because you want protections for your dudes and force majeure, you know, when I think force majeure, we're thinking like I bought a house and it got flooded, not right. something of an international spread because 
not to make this super political for today's episode, but I think you guys all agree with me. If I go home, a lot of jobs, if I go home sick and there's concerns of the virus going around, a lot of jobs aren't going to pay you. Right. right. Yeah. So even if on at the end of the day, the NBA, the NFL, NHL itself, that's a whole team that you're talking about, Francisco. Um, it was the Sharks, right? Yeah. That got pushed out. It's a business. So, I mean, granted, I think an owner would still pay their people, right? Um, it's only the fair thing to do, but yeah, there, there, consideration. I, I think, well, there's, there's the other consideration of, uh, if there's no crowd, then there's no revenue from ticket sales and all that stuff, which I think also goes towards the players in some sense, uh, depending on the CBA terms. So maybe that's also a thing that could be a concern, but, um, I, I just feel like, uh, just for the sake of having a season, I mean, I don't believe this will be um, something that'll last too long. Hopefully, but if it does, you never then no, you never know. No, no, I'm saying, but hopefully, um, I'm, I'm thinking optimistically here. Mm. Uh, but like, I, maybe a suspension of the season, like a month or so. Uh, the NBA Finals ends in July. But of course, that's there's a whole bunch of other logistics to go through. That you have to reschedule arena dates. Uh, some teams share with the hockey team, so there's there's going to be a lot of conflict conflicting stuff there as well. There's so many things that that will this will affect if they would have to stop the season. That I think for the sake of the arenas and the, the league, and and for the games advertisers as well. I mean, those are dates for for TV spots, I th- it would be better for the NBA to play. Just suck it up, um, have just nobody in the crowd. Um, I don't know, make it interesting. Have comedians come in and do the commentary. I have no idea. <laughs> um, that'd be pretty I mean, funny, just I riffing would, on I a would, game. I would give anything to see Snoop Dogg come back and commentate an LA Kings game. Yeah. That, yeah, that'd be that'd be great. That would be fun to see. And, and I, I, there's ways of doing this to hopefully mitigate the fact that, yeah, this is kind of weird. I mean, we saw the – I mean, Major League Baseball had an example of it with the, with the Baltimore Orioles where they played that one home game uh, with no crowd uh, due to the, the, the riots that were going on in Baltimore. Uh, and it was kind of eerie seeing it. Like, you just hear the sounds of the game. So that would be, oh man, that that that'd be crazy to see in basketball, though. I mean, you could hear every, you could essentially uh, make it like the XFL and just have them mic'd or mic'd up, <laughs> and just have them mic'd up. Make it more interesting, then. If we're not gonna get it, it just it, and I don't know, uh, charge for that. I have no idea. To, but I would want them to continue playing because if we're all gonna be stuck at home. We might as well have something to watch, <laughs> if that's the case. That. You know, but I, you you got to worry about the players too. Well, um, the players will be playing in front of nobody, so they're not going to be exposed to anything. That's what I'm thinking. Like it's it's also for their benefit too. You don't want a crowd of look. I mean, you have uh, <laughs> you have all these like the, the, there was the, the Ted Cruz just got infected, <laughs> or self quarantined at least. Well, but there was a possible inf- infection there too. So it's something that I'm looking at it 
from a like uh, there might be a bit of ego like oh i don't play just for uh in front of an empty crowd but i'm like come on man just uh, you want to die is that that's the ultimate question do you want to die do you want if you can if you can reduce your chance of dying every day by just a little bit i'd go with that little bit i don't care that's the way i feel about life that's i've made it this far <laughs> based on that so it's it's what affects my driving in miami it's the reason i've survived the last five years here <laughs> <laughs> oh my Put, putting my turn signal on has saved my life countless times in this city <laughs> um that's how i feel um soccer soccer biggest sport biggest sport in the entire world italy playing in front of no crowds those guys have sucked it up have sucked up their egos and have gone out there the nba can do that too come on now come on now um now the other issue is there's an issue with the media and um and media access to players now trying the nhl has stated that they will they will not have uh media members go into the locker rooms of the players that they'll just go into the designated press conference room and ask questions there. Now, a lot of NHL media, including Linda Cohn, who, by the way, open invitations to join the show. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, we shot our shot <laughs> over the past week to see if she'll come on the show. If she wants to come on the show, she can come on the show uh, to discuss this. Uh, media members have an issue with it because uh, one, access uh, to... Uh, a lot of them create some nice pieces about certain players and through that open access to the locker room with the players and with the coaches, uh, getting stories that you wouldn't get sitting in a press conference room. And I've, you know, um, I, I don't know if Andrew, if you've done a press conference yet, um, I have yeah. a couple actually. Yeah. It's, it's a lot different sitting in the press conference room than going into the locker room. Uh, press conference. I mean, rooms. I've never been in a locker room, so I'm gonna okay. have to assume that yeah, that it is different. No, no, it is different. I mean, the players are there; they're 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 changing out of their stuff. You can kind of walk up to them if you want, or you can be like a Freddy cat, like I I was, to afraid to ask anything to them. But mm-hmm. it's a different scenario, and and when players, especially for beat writers, they get to know the beat writers, they get to open up, and you get to hear stories about where they're from and what they do, how's their whatever and you'll get nice pieces uh written so there's concern that leagues will try and use this as a way to to mitigate uh or as a way to prevent media members from gaining access to the players and for them to be able to control the narrative more and and stuff like that but i i don't see that i I think it would be a disservice if the leagues are trying to use this as a means to reduce media access. Um, but I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, do you think that? Do you think that's a possibility? It's kind of, I think this is just more of a, as a response to what's going on. I mean, I don't see any reason why, considering how well-established 
kind of the rapport is with the media and locker rooms, I don't see why now all of a sudden they would decide, hmm, let's not do that anymore. I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be the perfect time to do it. You have a lot. You have a legit reason to keep them out of the locker room, but. It, it makes no sense that after all these years, there's been, if not necessarily a great relationship, but it's, you know, I know sometimes the players get a little bit miffed with the media. Right. But it's generally been a pretty good relationship. So, I mean, they could be doing it for nefarious reasons, but honestly, I don't see why they would do it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. No thoughts, Charles. Or just would... yeah. I mean, it's just the common. It's just the common sense feeling. I just feel that if it's the idea of we're taking the media out there to protect our our people, our employees, players, and everybody else in between, because of the possibility of it, then I think, um, for lack of a better word, any kind of media person, and as much as we, as much as I port like Linda Cohen, we were talking about it. You know, they're kind of feeling a little pissy pants on it because don't you want to protect your people? I don't think it's really fully silencing everybody. It's not like going to court or in the political world where you get a newsroom. It's sports media. And mm-hmm. yes, it could be just as impactful as everyday media, but that's really, you know, do you do you have a bronze toilet for that mindset? Because I don't think that that's a limitation of the press the way that I think you could make the argument for any other kind of um CNN newsroom MSNBC argument. I understand people have jobs to do, and you're not helping them do jobs, but you're not limiting access. I'm sure there's ways to work around it, such as Skype calls, Google calls, Facebook calls. That's the whole thing about seeing the portal ads on damn Hulu. You know, just get your employer at the local ESPN station or your local radio station to say, hey, you know, can we call you? And because there's accessibility, there's ways to it. If you can't get the one-on-one rate to it, I mean what you think it's going to kill your repertoire no if you're if you're an annoying sportscaster that no one wants to be interviewed by that's the reputation that you've garnered onto yourself sorry to tell you and yes i understand that sometimes you feel good dealing with curmudgeons such as greg popovich but there's something bigger going on here and here's the truth if you're an organization you can kind of monitor the traveling of your own employees and players and everything of the ilk but you don't know what the traveling might be for the media people. They're they're all around the state. They could be international. Yeah. So why is it that you, why is it that you're going to get mad at somebody for doing what they could do to protect the people? I understand the whole thing that oh they don't like you know they don't like us and you know we you know we have a job to do. It's sports media. I don't need you to ask LeBron how he picked up a perfect play. Uh, seeing the break and then delivering it, you know, to somebody for her assisted slam dunk or alley oop. Or I don't need you to go to hockey. Like, oh, how did you feel knowing that it was a good power play? That's as much knowledge as I was using an example to a interview yeah. for hockey or baseball. How do you feel about the Astros? I mean, these are these are <laughs> these questions are not something that I wake up every day and I look on my phone the minute before I even go to the bathroom in the morning. I don't go on ESPN. Like, oh boy. What did Dan Graziano say about the NFL draft? Oh, boy. Or, you know, in current sports. Oh, boy. What do we have going on with, you know, Bill Simmons? Um, you know, going on. The, let's hear about how great the Celtics are and Cardiac Kemba. 
I think it's it's just common sense that I think is a very big stretch for a kind of publicity that you're just kind of maybe, and this is weird because I know you two have a little bit of background in the journalism. I don't, I just shoot from the hip for lack of a better phrase, but it kind of feels like you're a little attention starved as if you're really espousing that it's such a great travesty. That's me, please rain fire on me from your perspective. Honestly, also, I'm not. Oh, cool. Also get the pre-alpha access for what's the game, Francisco? Everspace Ever 2. Everspace 2. All right, yeah. go ahead, Andrew. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna kind of show off my nerdiness here, but this is a needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one sort of situation here. Uh, I mean, I guess in a sense, the news that journalists pick up at in locker room discussions, I guess that technically goes to the many. But let's say one player or journalist or whatever ends up having the coronavirus. Shit. Uh, Redacted. <laughs> Uh, so close. Imagine if, YouTube, so well. imagine if YouTube dinged us for that one. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, That's fine. Whatever, man. Sheesh. It is what it is. Uh, <laughs> Let the algorithm come for us. Um, it, if one person has CV and 20... It, Let's, I'm just going to use NHL for an example. It's, what, a 25-man roster? 23? 20, well, yeah, 23 players. About three of them get scratched. But, yeah, basically, yeah. Mm -hmm. So 23 guys, if you look at the math, it's 23 guys, let's say 10 journalists. Uh, you know, the more people you have, the more risk you have of spreading it, and then... You know, those guys, everyone there doesn't live in a vacuum. They have families, they have friends. So just limiting contact limits the chance that you can spread it wide. And testing is not necessarily at a point now where everyone can get it and do it. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to CV right now. And I think that is ultimately what's causing a lot of this over-caution. Uh, once a little more information begins to kind of happen, yeah, I think we might see these get rolled back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that's... I, I think everybody's just trying to be... is taking extra precautions and being overcautious just in case because you never know exactly i mean it, 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 I, I know everyone keeps citing you know oh it's not as many people as the flu the death rate is not as high as the flu yada 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 uh who knows right but and the, the thing is, yeah, the fight right now is to is, get to it before it mutates and makes it worse, you know? Right. Like, who is that Arizona Cardinals coach who said they are who we thought they were and we Danny let them Green. off the hook? Danny Green. Yep. Rest in peace. That's the thing. That's 
he passed away yeah yeah he died like two years ago oh no somewhere, yeah yeah somewhere, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i put a huge bummer um, no, that was kind of depressing <laughs> no, kind of but depressing. not because of cv yeah. <laughs> not because of cv no um what was i saying right um that's the thing about flu they it is who we thought it was in a sense okay if that makes any sort of sense that's arguably the scariest part about cv is no one knows exactly what it is how to detect it how to there's no vaccine for it right now that's yeah that's the scary uh, part that's that's what i yeah basically we don't know what it is we don't know if it'll mutate the, to make itself worse right so i think in a way it may be overkill to lock the locker rooms put the lock in locker room <laughs> um to cancel games but we no one knows exactly what we're dealing with so i mean i i it's a bummer but i sort of agree with the over caution going on and kind of getting back to my the main point we were discussing journalists just got to deal with it yeah yeah i think so a lot of let me ask you guys this yeah i'm sorry go ahead francisco no i'm just saying a lot of sports media can be pissy and Look, I think a lot of sports media people get have have um, I don't know overvalued or I'm not even, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but they've um, they kind of have some sort of uh, entitlement with the position that they have and the access that they have. Just saying, some people do have that. Like, hey, I'm a sports writer and I can I see all of these amazing events and stuff like that, and it's like, well, you know. The few times that me and Andrew have done it, you know, it's like, wow, this is legit amazing, and I'm grateful for the opportunity, you know? Uh, anyways, uh, go ahead, Charles. Um, and this is me just playing devil's advocate on behalf of everybody who wants to ask this question. So it's bad for them to feel, because what's their whole thing? They're saying they don't have access, they can't do their jobs, they have a right to be there, right? That's their ballpark thing. But yeah. are they going to complain the same way if they understand their livelihood is based on information and interaction, the two eyes? But would they complain the same way if it's in-house policy for their respective broadcasting or um, journalistic agencies themselves to say, "Don't go there, go home, don't mm-hmm. cover this game." Let's say, let let's say, because it's it's March Madness. Yeah. What if you SAC Network? ACC network, those kind of journalists, those guys, the local school people, all the stuff you're told, do not go because, as we know, the game tournament's not held at home. You got to travel. I and mean, sometimes the, by bus, sometimes was by it plane. Just now, the Ivy League canceled their conference canceled tournament. It, yeah. yeah, completely. Yeah. Yep they they just automatically awarded the turn the conference championship to their regular regular season champion, which was Yale. Yeah. At, I didn't even know Yale. Yale was and uh, Yale for the men, and I want to say Penn for the women. Okay, I could be wrong. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. 
Okay. But the point being is if it's an in-house policy, because if I'm a publisher, if I'm a broadcast company, if I'm even television, you know, news or television sports media, if I make those in-house policies is because one, I don't want my people to get sick. And then two, I don't want them to get other people sick. Mm-hmm. And I want to see what they're complaining because at the end of the day, it's livelihood because there's nothing worse than being, and I think you guys can agree with me. Granted, mind you've never been journalists. I took one journalism class. I talk too fast for it. Um, there's nothing worse <laughs> than being second in that kind of race, second to report it, second to interview it, second to everything. And you would have to steal other people's uh, information that day. Well, not steal, but you would have to use statements that's taken, like, you know, that's out there already proliferated. Yeah, you're, you're citing somebody else. Correct. I mean, that was an but, issue so- with the Kobe Bryant death reporting that that became an issue who it was more about getting there first rather than and, getting it right i mean but, i'm the but that's a whole different thing sorry <laughs> right and i i come to i come to this with i know i'm, I'm gonna sound high and mighty highfalutin uh showing off my what the hell is here, that thing I... for the braves <laughs> i'm sorry if you guys see it on screen it, it's it's freaky I think that's the what used to be their mascot. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, it, I think it freaked so. me out. Yeah, it, it scares. The it's dancing scared. ball. Dear God, it's sca- <laughs> it is. Wow. It's like, it's like Mr. Met. Yeah, but um, freaky. Sorry, go ahead. Anyway, that's all right. Um, my one of my bachelor's degrees is in journalism, um, and that was something that we talked about a lot i mean i love the ucf journalism program and my professors were top notch especially one uh rick brunson he might be my sponsor today who knows um but that's the thing is we we hate that journalists are in this this mindset of just get it out there first without doing any sort of vetting or whatever. Um, that's technically not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, if you're doing it right, if you're doing it ethically, you're supposed to vet your sources. You're not supposed to jump the gut. Unfortunately, the way things are today, I mean, in the past, sure, you could do that when... You know, there wasn't any, there weren't TV stations or there wasn't the, I guess they call it the 24-hour news cycle. You could take your time. But now, do you see where I'm going? I'm kind of... I, I get I get it. Yeah, that's... Um, but you're, it's not it. supposed to be that way, but... Wow, DJ Serhoff. Wow. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of players to remember to forget around here. Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, that's that's just a reality of how things are these days, which is unfortunate. Now, okay, now let's let's look. Um, there might be a thing for the leagues to watch their back as far as I don't know how much it would be they would be liable for even holding these these things. I mean, we're seeing like the cruise ship companies getting sued for not properly screening people uh, at this moment. So that might also be playing. Paul Baco, dear Lord, that is a 
Wow, that is a name from way back when. Um, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, for not screening properly or not taking pre the, the preventative measures to do this. So that, that might also be playing uh, as part of this. Like, hey, let's watch our backs here. Um, not just from a, from a physical standpoint, but maybe from a legal standpoint. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, I've seen... I forget if I told you. No, no, no. I told someone else. Kind of been seeing firsthand... There's Nationals manager Dave Martinez. Look at that. Wow. Um, I've kind of been seeing firsthand out in public the companies trying to uh, I guess absolve themselves as of as much liability as possible I went to Costco the other day uh, so Did you for find those who don't paper? know so Costco it's a membership only so they have someone at the front door Did you find toilet paper? checks everyone's membership cards to make sure that you're actually yeah, a member <laughs> and <laughs> Uh, rest in peace, the ability to go in without a membership card to hit the cafe. Uh, that's a huge loss. But Andrew, you haven't asked my um, question. The most important anyway, one. So that person that was checking <laughs> membership card maybe he's got his headphones was on. also handing literally everybody a hand wipe, a sanitizing wipe. Yeah. And I... basically everybody at the checkout lines was wearing those kind of not nitrile gloves, but those like they're medical quality gloves. Mm -hmm. And I imagine it's partially for the safety of the workers, but also to kind of absolve themselves. I don't know, Charles, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear me? Anyone? Andrew, can you hear us? I thought it was getting. I thought it was quiet. Okay, maybe he's lost it. Uh, maybe your can headphones. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay, I think we're back. All righty. I was I was asking, did you find toilet paper? <laughs> I didn't go looking. Ah, okay. Um <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why my audio wasn't working. Uh, uh whatever. You're back. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that, yeah. That, the, did you hear any of what I said? Like, the I, oh no, we heard the whole yes. thing. Yeah, we heard the whole thing. Okay. Um, huh, so that's that that's a good point. Major League Baseball has installed a bunch of hand sanitizers in all of the dugouts of um, these spring training complexes. That's another thing with the because spring training is usually the the best time for fans to get close to some players and get autographs and stuff, and. There might be a little more, or a lot more reluctance to do that at this moment, right now. Oh, and can I do a quick PSA, by the way? Sure. Yeah. If you're buying hand sanitizer, you have to make sure of two things. One, it contains alcohol. Two, it has to be at least 60% alcohol okay. for any of it to be effective. Alrighty. Otherwise, otherwise you're basically washing your well, not exactly, but it's Glorified. completely ineffective. You <laughs> might as well be washing your hands with water. Okay. Um. All right. So, I don't know how much more do you guys want to talk about the CV? 
Not sure how much there, how much more there is to talk about it. Right. I will ask you a question. Does this affect any of March Madness if within the week or so that's league into it? Because if they cancel the Ivy League, would, would the NCAA even contemplate better health or safety and health of the players over them getting multi-million, probably billion-dollar revenue? I... I the billions. Uh, yeah, I would say, man, because there's no more important than the health of young men and women. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no way they could reschedule them. Uh, well, because they'd be in these because ma- a lot of them are in major arenas, uh, but well, some of them aren't. I mean, I'm sure there's there would be some, especially some college venues that could take them in, but like some of the bigger ones, especially I don't know who hosts the Final Four this year. Um, I mean, I could see the NIT getting canceled. Well, yeah. The yeah. NIT canceled. Um, but the NCAA would have to think long and hard. It's in Atlanta about... this year. It's in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that's the home of the CDC. So if anywhere is going to be safe, it's going to be <laughs> oh, Atlanta. That's perfect, then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just having just, <laughs> just just put a just put a huge containment dome over ma- the make the, the entire lower bowl, lower bowl CDC workers over at the Mercedes Benz <laughs> Stadium, and that's it. You know, or if you just need a smaller venue, just have it at the State Farm Arena and just have CDC workers. Um, okay. Um, alrighty. I, I don't know that. Just, just, Wash your hands. That's all I, I, I got to tell you. Wash your hands. And I don't think it gives you explosive diarrhea, but uh, save save up on the toilet paper that you, that you do have, <laughs> just in case. Um, alrighty. Oh, I have a Gottlieb goon. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. Okay. Have you guys, I, and it's it's gone, it's made the rounds. It's made the rounds on... Um, on social media at least so have you guys heard of this was it's called the uh let me see if i can find it it's the score crow no okay well, i guess they have a website from what it looks like here but um let me see if they're in the news so the score crow i guess it's it's some sports website and yeah, here's the story that's exactly what i wanted to look for uh, they're on Twitter. They, I guess they have a website, and uh, apparently they have media access. And they were at the NFL Combine, and so uh, one of the reporters uh, had this to say. So uh, uh, let's see if I can load it up here. So Andrew, do you know who Jeff Okuda is? Ohio State uh, running? No. Uh, uh, he played for, let's see, who did he play for? Ohio State cornerback. So uh, let me find, I have the story here on my, on my on my phone too. All right, so uh, so this reporter, his name is Prov something something. He went up to Ohio State defensive back. Once again, a score. Uh, hey, hold on, wait a second. Uh, you in? Let's play. Gottlieb goons to the freaking 
automatic videos that play on, on websites. I'll do that too. Uh, anyways, so he uh, was asked a question by some guy named Prov. And the question was, sometimes you have a tendency to get kind of sloppy. How are you looking to kind of improve that? Without missing a beat, Okuda challenged the notion of the question asking sloppy in what way? And then the reporter, taken aback, is like, uh, get sloppy like penalties and, and stuff like that. Again, Okuda pushed again. He's like, I had zero pass interferences, zero holdings, so cut the tape on again. I think you might see something else. And so the moment itself was a great example of a young player showcasing his ability to handle tough media questions. So this reporter... Pranav Rama then went on Twitter to kind of, um, I don't know, defend himself in a sense. So here he is. So apparently I was trending yesterday because of how I pressed Jeff Okuda. It may just just be a play or two, but those plays are the difference between a Super Bowl and a couch sitting at home. It's our job to ask the tough questions, whether the general people like it or not. So that's what that's what his response was to Okuda and his dumb questioning here, and Okuda calling well not really calling him out, just like saying, "What are you talking about?" When pressed about how he came to the conclusion that Okuda's play was sloppy, Rama doubled down by saying that while he might not have been called for the penalties, there were still many occasions where his play met the criteria. So. It's, it's on the tape. This is what he wrote on Twitter. And I put it on my Twitter. I'm a grown-ass man. Not going to sit and cry about it. Yeah, zero pass interferences and holding. But how many were missed by the refs? Also, if he wasn't sloppy, he wouldn't have injured himself in a meaningless drill. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. This Teddy is strong. Right? Oh, yeah. He, I, I mean, okay, he was made to look like a fool. We've all been made to look like a fool. I've been made to look like a fool in court. <laughs> you know? But dude, come on now. Come on now. So then on Friday, he tweeted that he was leaving the website, the score crow as it's called, following the controversy. So here's his his uh departing messages i have seen the ugly parts of the sports business so i have decided to leave the score crow (laughs) that's such a dumb name it's not like sports goofs i will be putting my talent somewhere else i want to thank johnny for the chance he took upon me i also want to thank uh, these other two people for helping me reach the next level those who want to contact me from there can still do i just can't work in an environment with no respect actually i kind of like the name score crow now i like that they have a, a mascot <laughs> <laughs> a crow that's that's so different actually never mind i like the name uh so then the score crow followed up on his departing tweet and they actually revealed that he had been fired and that he was that he didn't quit. He had been fired. Ooh. Official statement from them. We have let Pranav go from our site. His error in judgment and lack of research involving Jeff Okuda at the combine was inexcusable. We understand that people make mistakes, but Pranav not only embarrassed himself and us, he also doubled down. Have you tried the KFC Double Down, Charles? Did you try it when it was out? 
I, I have well the double down. Okay, I, so, it just made me think of the double down. The, the, the double down is not a goof or a goon. You know what the double down is, folks? A gift, because it is two essential patties of chicken breast that is with like melt and cheese and everything like that. And I, I remember I had it in 2004 when I was at law school. Because wait, wait, when, wait! Did you say 2004? I'm sorry, 2014. I was gonna I say, to, damn. 2004, I think, was the beginning of Buffalo Chicken Snack or Buffalo Chicken Snackers from. Um, KFC, which was my favorite, and they took it off because I probably ate out all, ate them clean of all the Buffalo Snackers that was available. Uh, the Double Down, it was good. 2014. Let me tell you guys something. Law school is the best environment to try things that are going to kill you in 10 years, <laughs> 15 years, because the Charles of uh, of 20, how old was I? 23, 24, ate that. 30 is like no, because I. Here's the thing. I'll try stuff, as we know from my sponsorship, the Cheeto Hot Fries, which is very good. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to having the donut sandwich that they're going to make. Oh, oh. But. Hold on. Sorry. I... Yes. There was a double down hot dog? Wait, what? I see like a, a like an image here of a double down hot dog and a double down. Hold on. No, I'm going down a rabbit hole. I can't. I can't right now. And, and... <laughs> And I didn't know of this. Are you sure? Was it in an only certain look? It's this Washington Post. Uh, okay. Was this the law school thing? <laughs> because I would have inhaled all of those. <laughs> it, they made a hot dog Maybe version. It's a good thing. I, I would have killed that, you guys. Oh, my like, God. Like, I would have destroyed it. Anyways. I would have been like a dementor to Harry Potter's soul and just suck that thing dry. It's just gone. <laughs> um, to, to double it back up. Kids, law school is a great way to get things into your body that will destroy you. 30-year-old Charles would not have the double down now. Actually, still looks the double down is my real damage. MVP right now. <laughs> I'm changing the second. <laughs> you, you wanna you wanna clog your eyes? Forget Paranov at Scorco. First off, Scorco is a dumb name. I don't care what you say, Francisco. And I, I came guy, around to it after saying it a few times. <laughs> Well, you know, you lie to yourself. That's you're being gaslit. You're being manipulated. It's a dumb name. Here's the thing I have to ask about this. This is a sports media site. There is not even a team that they're affiliated with. I'm sure it's not as if the Indianapolis Colts or Jeff Ireland of his days, I think when he was with a different team, asking somebody if their mother's a prostitute team, the, trying Dolphins. To see the, the Dolphins, the Dolphins. Yeah. This is some guy who is being the complete antithesis of what we at Sports Goofs do, Francisco, Charles, and Andrew, and everybody else who comes in, haven't seen BU in a bit, but he's part of the group. Um, we don't go searching for silly stuff or lies. We go for facts. And here's the thing about Jeff Pakuda, and I'll go to this to transition. He is presumably going to be the third draft by the Lions. If not, he basically will only fall down to like maybe five or six. He's one of the crispest defenders and basically essentially running the routes opposite of what the receiver is doing. Good hands, sure. He's probably a surefire corner of the same ilk of Jalen Ramsey. And I don't know, I'm forgetting another corner who just blew up, but there are so many corners out there in the league. But you know what else is crisp? I double down because Jesus Christ, it was delicious. <laughs> and it's the real MVP. Oh, perfect. All right, so let me, let me finish up the score crow's response to this guy. Uh, back back to Gottlieb's goons. So instead of apologizing for the lack of preparation and moving on, he made the situation worse. 
It was unprofessional and does not reflect our values here at the Score Crow. We strive to be accurate and give intelligent analysis in our sports coverage. Again, we apologize to Jeff Okuda, along with our fans and readers. We will continue to bring you top-notch sports analysis, fantasy articles, and DFS advice on a daily basis. We appreciate all of our followers and readers. Thank you. So, uh, and hold on, wait a second. And I guess Jeff Okuda made one last final word on a video, and I don't want to load it up right now because I feel like my computer would explode. But uh, you guys could go look at that. But that that's by Gottlieb Goo, and the, a guy that completely lost his his sports journalism career in 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 the span of a week over a dumb question. Ugh. So let me ask you a question real quickly, guys. Do you think sports journalism is really that difficult? you know, coming into the way that this guy made it out to be. Um, you're just asking the question, doing the interviews. You talk to people like they're normal people, right? This guy made it seem like as if he ran for president or some kind of political office when really he just asked a dumb question that he obviously did not prepare for. Right. No, no. I, I, I the, the issue wasn't that he asked a dumb question. I mean, we've all asked dumb questions. But he was ill-prepared. One, he was ill-prepared, but you know what? We've all been ill-prepared before, too, for certain other things. Um, but it was just the fact that he didn't own up to it. He wasn't, he, did, he didn't, he could have just been like, yeah, I made a mistake, my bad. But then he's like, he's trying to put it on everyone else but himself. And... That's what did him in. That's what did him in. Isn't that a little bit of the sports media culture, though, when you're more established? Because I know I put oh, that yeah. in my little oh, no. thing. Oh, oh yeah. Skips, I, I don't know if... A. Oh, oh, did you... Uh, I don't know if you remember the, the time Mark Cuban eviscerated Skip Bayless on live TV? I, a couple of years back, right? Uh, back year, 2012, after the 2012 NBA Finals, the Heat and the, and the Thunder, and they had... Uh, and you know they had ESPN here. They they had those. They come down here to Miami, and Mark Cuban came on the show. Of course, Cuban had won with the Mavericks uh, the year prior to that. And Stephen and what Skip Bayless, who was a noted LeBron hater, uh, was saying a bunch of stuff. And and Cuban was like, "You just talking generalities. You don't actually give specific actual insight, backing up your criticism." You know. And Cuban just went at him with like, with uh, plays. He he even's like, do you even know how they use the zone in the NBA, like the zone defense? And Skip Bayless was like, uh, uh, and then you know he had no response to it. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. If you ever if you ever feel like just like relaxing, grabbing some lotion, laying down on the bed, watch that while you're at it. <laughs> um, it'll make you feel good and get a KFC double down while you're at it. Um, okay, that's Gottlieb's goons. Um, <laughs> do you guys have any yeah, before and after? Uh, let's see. Where where are we at? Oh, we're 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 reaching the halfway point. So y'all know what that means. Tis word from our non-sponsors, people, places, things, concepts, what have you. Uh, we we talk about them. We talk about how much we like them and and and. And it's not just about the KFC Double Down or Everspace 2. It can be about other things. And so, uh, can I go first? For... Absolutely. Okay. Although I have to ask, does it, 
Everspace 2 doesn't count because they are technically a monetary sponsor. Oh, that's true. They're, they could be a dual sponsorship, non-sponsorship, whatever you want to call it. I have no idea. Anyways, I, sure? I, I'm going to go first. And guys, and Andrew, you might, you probably already know what I was going to do. It's Wawa. <laughs> guys, I love Wawa. I never thought a gas station could be classy. You know? Like, gas stations were always, you know, sleazy places. And I always wondered, because there are always people, there are people out there that just love to hang out at gas stations. You know, they're just out there hanging out at gas stations. Just sitting outside in the dark at, at, at 11 p.m. on a Thursday. Just hanging out at the gas station, waiting for something to happen is there just people hanging out and i'm like how does one hang out at a gas station and have a good time well wawa has has created a gas station for people like me people who who you know look I, there are certain neighborhoods i don't like to go to but wawa's not in, in those neighborhoods Wawa's in nice classy places and look they got some good food i'm telling you that my friends they got some good hoagies yeah, they're 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 a Pennsylvania-based company, and that's what they call them, hoagies. And and I have eaten since they opened this new location, which is literally like three minutes away from my job now. I've eaten there. They opened last week. They op they they the grand opening was last week. I've eaten there like five times already. So. So yeah, five times. Uh, twice in one day. And <laughs> Andrew could tell you that because he went with me the second time after we did our uh, our ballpark tour episode. And is it all lunch or is it breakfast? It's, they've got breakfast, they've got lunch, they've got oh, dinner. Oh, I Francisco. Uh, well, that's good to know too that they have everything. But Francisco, did you eat twice in one day for breakfast, lunch, or did you get lunch, dinner? I got lunch, dinner. I got lunch, dinner. I got okay. two different hoagies. Have you had their breakfast? I haven't had their breakfast, but I do have a coupon for a breakfast sandwich uh, that oh, I have yeah. shown you guys. And I plan on using that if I ever uh, am not in court. <laughs> I think tomorrow morning. I don't have court tomorrow morning. I don't have anywhere to be. I, I will be at Wawa to grab a breakfast sandwich. Uh, that, I, that, you have made that my mission for tomorrow. Uh, but they've got shakes. Burritos really good. They've got shakes. They've got coffee. They've got sandwiches. They've got soups. And then of course they've got the normal convenience store gas station fare as well. They've got uh, uh, chips and cookies and sodas and drinks and and liquors and whatnot. You can get pretty much everything there. They, they have clean bathrooms. They have free Wi-Fi. I mean that it. it it's wonderful, guys. I love Wawa. You know. Francisco. Yes. Francisco? Yes. Um, was, was this your first time going to a Wawa? Oh, no. No. I, I first I first had the magical experience of going to Wawa when I visited my aunt and, uh, up in Pennsylvania. It was... Uh, the oh, right. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. The winter of 2011. It was a glorious occasion. It was, it's it was life changing. I'm like, my God! And then they 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 started moving down south, just like the Canadian geese on their logos. 
and uh, and geese are, are frightening creatures so uh, it, it only shows the power of Wawa uh, so uh, promo code guys Orlando uh, Orlando was actually the first foothold Wawa had in the south yeah so I've been to the Orlando I, I Wawa <laughs> what's that I've been to the Orlando Wawa or one Which of them one? I'm not sure it's one they've, next they've probably got at least a dozen by this point okay well i've been to they one over there over i've been to the wawa in west palm beach i've been to the wawa in broward uh i didn't go to the one that's down in coral way but i finally went to this one in doral um yeah you could say I, I'm, I'm a huge fan i've been to sheets which is the competitor of wawa uh but i i don't know enough about sheets <laughs> I made myself laugh. Uh, um, anyways, uh, let me just end the the, the Wawa love uh, promo code. Um, geese are frightening. Okay, Charles, you want? I go was next? chased by a geese yeah, once I, when I'm, I was a kid. A I'm very disappointed that Francisco didn't use uh, promo code Sheet Happens as a oh. of words, but uh, but but it's it, not it about sheets. It's not about sheets. Uh, it ain't about sheep. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Uh, you see, I'm just a catch grabber. You know, I'm just a headline guy. I don't look at the su- substance, just like uh, the Panavra guy in the um, thing. But the difference is I will own up to my my mistakes sometimes. So, guys, you know, I, I try to be healthy, right? I, I, I try to be healthier than who I was six years ago having KFC's delicious double downs, which you guys should try. <laughs> but, you know, I, I work out. I try to eat healthy-ish. I try not to drink as much. You know, I don't really eat soda. But the one thing about me, I got a sweet tooth. Man, I got a sweet tooth. Oh, boy. And I don't know if I had gone this before or not on the show, but I think I would have remembered because there's a certain kind of enthusiasm that you have when you get a kind of particular food that just not only raises your spirits, but your blood sugar levels to an all time high. <laughs> I mean, it was so high that it'd be a Guinness book of world records that you jump off this mountain. But how do you guys feel about Oreos? Let me start with that. Oh, question. They're good. They are oh, good. And so, I Oreos, cannot have them, but yeah. Oreos have become like, their personal favorite of the past you get the milk and whether or not you dunk them whether or not you take a bite and sip it whether or not you like to separate lick it and then go from there i'm not going to judge you just eat oreos if you're not allergic to it but oreos have kind of become like the eevee of cookies eevee yeah. being the pokemon if you give them a certain elemental to become whatever you know uh flareon umbreon all that stuff for, for the nerds in there because back in the day it was just oreo cookies then it'd be oreo double stuff now yeah. it has evolved to Oreo Mega stuff, the white crackers, birthday cake. But there is something, and it is ungodly, but it's so ungodly good that you will worship it. So therefore, it becomes godly. The most stuff Oreo is just out of this world. It's it's just this fat, fat cream covered by two cookies. Uh, to cover it, and the cookies can't even stick onto it. And it's been on sale at Publix. I remember at like, meeting I talked about, and I bought it. But it is, guys, it is huge. Each cookie is like a hundred plus calories and all the sugar, and oh. it is delicious. If I, 
you know, if you ask me if I had one day to live and that was it and they say, hey, how do you want to die? And some people out there want to go in a different route. I knew it's the end of my day. I'm going to eat two bags of the most of cookies because I've had it now like three times my life. The first time was I bought it for the office. And then the other day I got it and it's just completely unfair because you bite it and it's the sweetest tasting thing. And it goes so good with a glass of milk. And I'm like, what, what have you done? What is this? Like, there's going to be my diet because I wish people oh would just God. buy things for me and just give me a single like guys it's ridiculously huge they've like, got the it, chart the Lexington, here of, Lexington steel of Oreo they've cookies. got the chart here of all the different kinds because you got the thins you got the classic you got the double stuff you got the what's it what's the what's the other one the the, the, the mega stuff and mega now, stuff yeah and now you got, and I got the mega stuff was the most stuff but it's not no there's more stuff oh my god yeah, I, I I've know. never had one. So this is like the Oh, Francisco at Publix, they had two for six. I encouraged you to do oh, this. But I no. encourage you to go give it to the family. Oh god. Girlfriend, give it to your nephew, give uh. it to Andrew, spread it out. Don't be like me who would demolish it. When I bought it for the office, one of the other attorneys who has a wedding coming up soon, shout out to you, buddy. Um, he comes in triple fisting it. He's like, I hate you because it is completely unhealthy, but they say all the good things for you are bad in some spurts. You guys get that with a nice glass of milk, and it's 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 just like you know you're in heaven. You're you know how heaven the cartoon of it had the little puffy clouds in the sky. Apparently that cloud is in between those cookie wafers because it is just <laughs> like kissing Jesus. It is fantastic. I can't speak highly enough for it, and it is a limited time only because if you thought the CV was going to take people out, these things, if they were on a permanent basis, will wipe out the entire fat people population, including myself, who has a sweet tooth, who cannot ignore it. I'm just like the little moth in uh, the bug's life. Stay away from light. He is like, I can't help it, and he gets zapped. I already have two packs of that. <laughs> I'm trying to do a cookie a day. A cookie a day is fine. <laughs> but if I do day, more than that, I'm going to go to the doctor. Yeah, right at this point, I've just put a picture of Wilford Brimley with diabetes on the screen now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you have to sometimes accept your fate, and I accept my fate. You know, And guys, it's just... If I could, I would FedEx you a single cookie to each of your addresses so you can get to see what this experience is. I wonder is how much that weighs. It, it is something we all need to I and, and you know what? The guy at FedEx, he would look at it and he would be like, I understand. And I would say, please put it in gentle packaging. Take care of it. Make sure that they have it in its full completeness. Because these things are so thick that when you rip open the case cover, the cookie kind of comes out already it falls apart like the edges yeah and it's just the cream because you know what you want yeah it's exactly telling you what you want it's so weird it's so, fl- um, so it's, most it's, stuff oreo cookies it's 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 so close to like the next there's only one more logical step and that's just only stuff only stuff oreos you know like that's the only <laughs> logical step at this point right like yeah, just might as well. It, it, it almost well. like a. Listen, and I'm not gonna lie. If you gave me a jar of just the most of the stuff cream, I'm gonna eat it. Yeah, it, it's almost like it's basically. And guys, could you imagine that kind of Oreo with ice cream? <laughs> it's basically just like oops, all berries. Like we're almost there. We're almost there. You know, or or when. <laughs> oh, do you guys remember when uh, Honey Bunches of Oats just sold just bunches? Do you guys remember that? That was a glorious year. That was a glorious. Like they stopped it. They stopped it. You know why? Diabetes. Because th- that thing was just, <laughs> that was just diabetes in a box. Uh, oh, boy. Now Nabisco has uh, come for 
come you're gonna get your leg amputated right it's just gonna happen <laughs> yeah listen you know what that's fine that's fine so oreo <laughs> most stuff cookies promo code I, I mean jesus promo code you know heavenly 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 okay wow. <laughs> all right okay andrew can you can you top wawa and most stuff oreos <laughs> or or something that won't give us nope, diabetes I cannot. it will, will it be something that doesn't give us diabetes yes it will it will not give us diabetes okay perfect <laughs> we need the contrast um i i i alluded to him earlier but you know bringing him up uh gave me the feels and i'm feeling feely uh i didn't mean it like that um but my non-sponsor my non-sponsor <laughs> is going to be mr rick brunson uh journalism professor at ucf um i've had a lot of teachers in my life i went to through 13 years of primary and secondary school four years of undergraduate three years of graduate and i don't want to say a lot of professors and teachers i, I is that him on the this. screen I, I i knew you'd find him all right um I don't want to. I don't want to offend any of my professors uh, or teachers by saying that they kind of melded in. I mean, I learned something from all of my everyone that I've taken a class with, but Mr. Brunson really is head and shoulders above the rest. He taught me so much beyond just journalism. He taught me. A lot of great lessons about just being a good person, a responsible person. Uh, I can't say enough. He, I consider him a friend. I hope he considers me one as well. Um, we still chat every now and then on Facebook. And I, I, I can't say much more. He, I can't really put into words how much... He, he's meant to me and bringing him up a little bit earlier kind of gave me the oh Brunson um, kind of moment so I wanted to kind of give him a shout out because um, he's he's the man and you know the, the funny thing is um, did you guys ever see the movie Paper Chase is that the one that who kept saying telling us to watch that in law school was it was it Roman? Oh. It could have been. It could have been Roman. Um, but if you if you look up, what's his name? Because uh, let me look up John Houseman. Or here, I'll send a picture over to you. Okay. John Houseman, or just look up the Paper Chase cast, and you'll see a picture of him pretty quick. Alrighty. Um, he was the, I guess, almost the antagonist 
of the movie. Um, just a brief overview. Uh, so basically, it's a kid in his first year of law school kind of surviving. And John Houseman was the curmudgeon professor who... Uh, I don't know, gave was the Socratic method, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, when I first encountered uh, Mr. Brunson, not met him, but just saw his picture, I don't know, for some reason that image came to mind and I was scared shitless. I was like, huh. oh crap, this, this guy is going to be tough as hell. Uh, but no, he, Mr. Brunson is a real softy at heart, such a knowledgeable guy. He's worked, uh, he's like an Orlando staple. Um, he's worked for the Orlando Sentinel, like all the TV stations. Wow. And he's still working today. He's a full-time professor and he still works for, uh, I want to say the CBS affiliate. So like, the dude is amazing. I love him. Um, and he deserved a shout out for me. So um, Mr. Brunson is my non-sponsor. Uh, promo code uh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, he had a, in his editing class, uh, we got bonus, we got extra credit points if we found typographical or grammatical errors out and about in the community, whether it's mm. uh, like an advertisement or something like that. Uh, so we just take a picture and send it to him and he called them gotchas. Okay. Nice. Alrighty. Well, <laughs> thank you for the diabetes less non-sponsor there to finish it off. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of inspired me to eat some Oreos. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, I, I want to go to Wawa after this. Actually, um, I re, actually I already had it for lunch. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, player, we remember to forget there is a person that Rick. Uh, there was a Rick Brunson that played for the New York Knicks. Uh, let's see. Let, in the NBA, let's see what are his stats. Uh, summary of his career: three hundred thirty-seven games played, three point two points, one point. Three, dear God, total rebounds, two point six assists. So, what? Definitely not MVP material. He was drafted out of uh, Temple. Uh, he made his NBA debut in nineteen ninety seven. He's from Syracuse, New York. Uh, I guess his son Jalen Brunson played because he's got a link. Uh, he played for the Portland Trailblazers, the New York Knicks, the Boston Celtics. The Chicago Bulls, the Toronto Raptors, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Seattle Supersonics, and the Houston Rockets. Uh, I don't think he has any other accolades for his career. So, Rick Brunson, everybody. <laughs> the other Rick Brunson. Okay, so uh, I had a Hall of Famer that I wanted to highlight um, most especially in hockey because he just passed away. At, at Andrew, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. Um, uh, I feel like I should, and 
it'll probably I'll probably be kicking myself the second you say his name. Henri Richard. Uh, did he just pass away? It yeah, like it was a while ago. No, he just. Uh, it's not. It's not Maurice Rocket Richard. It's Henri Richard. So this is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Henri Richard. I was thinking the. Uh, I was thinking the rocket. Yeah. So the, yeah, Maurice uh, Charles uh, Maurice Rocket Richard is. Um, well, now the namesake of the the NHL award for the most goals scored in a single uh, in a season so um whoever gets so the most the mvp which is the highest score yeah just the highest oh, goal shit. score that was his brother yeah yeah so wow, um, i did not realize that so i'm going to bring up his hockey hall of fame profile but he his most i mean i mean he's got a bunch of notable accomplishments but the the one that uh He's basically the Bill Russell of the NBA, uh, of the NHL, sorry. Gotcha. So he has the same amount of rings, 11, 11. So he won the Stanley Cup 11 times. He has he is the player with the most times that uh, shows up on the Stanley Cup. So that is his, uh, his accolades, uh, statistics as far as, I mean, he's, he only played for the Montreal Canadiens. 11 Stanley Cups over that time. He won the Bill Masterton Trophy once in 1974. Uh, he, he played back in the day. With what the, is the Masterton Trophy again? The, the master, it's defense, right? No, no, no. The Bill Masterton Trophy is basically like the... I don't know if it's... it's. I guess you could aching it in a sense to the comeback player of the year. Okay. Um, but it it doesn't necessarily have to be that because it, it it usually goes to a player that overcomes some sort of like huge struggle, um, like like in their personal life or, or something like that. Um, so so that can, uh, that it, but also can be a comeback player as well. Um, I think uh, I think when Yager was on the Panthers. He was nominated just for the fact that he was like 45 and doing what he was doing <laughs> for for playing in hockey. So, um, so yeah, he he just passed away, um, but his big huge claim to fame was that. So everybody in hockey um, gave him a tribute, obviously in Montreal, uh, where he was. Uh, I mean, that's the only place he played. But back then, he played in the original six era, going into the into the expansion era. So, uh, with only six teams in the league at one point, that, that, that sometimes I feel like I, I try and diminish the original six era because it's like there are only six teams. Of course, you're gonna win a bunch of Stanley Cups. <laughs> There's, but then again, you look at the other side. Well, the New York Rangers. It didn't win for like, like uh, what was it? They they won like in the forties, and they didn't win it again until like nineteen ninety four. So Correct. huge droughts still happened even with only six teams there. But of course, then you have the Toronto Maple Leafs who couldn't win a Stanley Cup after they added more teams. So and Montreal they, still still won cups even after they added more teams. I, Charles, they are the Leafs are like the 
Nice. You can almost say like the Red Sox right now. I, yeah, pre two thousand four um, Red Sox. I don't think they've. I don't think they've won the cup since sixty seven. Yep, exactly. The Cubs. Yeah, they haven't won the cup since sixty seven. They haven't played in the Stanley Cup final since sixty seven. That was the last year of the original six era. Which uh, and Charles, do you know what the original six is? I, I'm guessing there's the six original teams introduced in the mm, NHL. Not... Do you want me to get do you want me to get nitpicky, Charles? Yeah. I mean this is always perfect to learn a goof. Yeah, let's okay. let's learn a goof. <laughs> I yeah, let's go down that Henri Richard died, so let's turn a, a sad thing to a positive thing. Yeah, let's okay, let's, so let's 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 go down the rabbit hole. The 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 original six are actually not truly the original teams. Right. Um they were the longest tenured teams uh, prior to what's called the expansion era, which was 1967, when they added another six teams. Um, but the original six are the Canadiens, the Maple Leafs, the Bruins, the Blackhawks, the Red Wings, and the Rangers. The Canadiens and the Maple Leafs are the two longest tenured teams. They were both they both joined the NHL in 1917. Mm-hmm. The Bruins are next in 1924 and then the Blackhawks, Red Wings and Rangers joined in 1926. But outside of those teams there was a lot of teams that dropped out a lot of teams that so we've we've got the the list here so i mean the montreal wanderers the quebec bulldogs the hamilton tigers the pittsburgh pirates uh which is uh uh, back then when teams used to name themselves after baseball teams uh the philadelphia quakers the ottawa senators which are a team now now. right go ahead let me clarify this they are two completely separate teams in the sense that they're two different ownership, there is no lineage between them. It would be like uh, basically like the Charlotte Hornets, but without the historical uh, jumping through hoops that the NBA did just to link their history. You know, here's a better here's a better one: the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, the quote unquote Cleveland Browns for all those years into the six in the 40s 50s 60s they're in baltimore right now the current cleveland browns are a completely different team they have yeah logistically speaking they are not connected to the old cleveland browns even though the the the, the nfl did the well well they were the first to do the whole historical loophole of just linking the franchises like these cleveland browns are still technically those cleveland browns even though they're really not except not really yeah um but the ottawa centers thing is even more cut and dry yeah it's, they just revive the name that's it yeah see and in the the current senators acknowledge like for the city the stanley cups that that team won because they won a bunch of them but they're still not they just still don't really claim having a Stanley Cup themselves in a way. It's weird. It's Canadian, it's hockey. (laughs) That's how I always explain things. They're Canadian, they're weird. 
Canadians, man. Yeah, so then uh, the St. Louis Eagles, um, which were the Senators moved to St. Louis for some weird reason. Uh, the Montreal Maroons, the Brooklyn Americans, the and then that was the and then after the Brooklyn Americans folded, then the original six era began after uh, starting in 1942. So from 1942 to 1967, there were only six teams in the NHL, and they they're still called the original six, even though they kind of aren't but they're just the six yeah. that survived right the the initial birth of the nhl and then after that a bunch of other teams that have since relocated or um like the, the golden california golden seals kansas city scouts cleveland barons atlanta flames colorado rockies before the current Colorado Rockies, Minnesota North Stars, Quebec Nordiques, the first Winnipeg Jets, the Hartford Whalers, and the Atlanta Thrashers. But all those teams all still exist, just not where they used to be. Okay, so that's, yeah, there, there's your little NHL Original Six history. Alrighty. Alright, so, now we know. I love how we kind of jump into these little rabbit holes every now and then it's well, kind of fun yeah uh you know Henri richard uh rest in peace and yeah you were one of the the greatest so okay um andrew is is there a full do you have a former cup update or are things still depressing oh uh, honestly i have i have not really been paying attention i should be um uh, but it's it's been such a let me just take a quick look and see <laughs> how absolutely messed up it is uh and, and charles i'm sorry I'm, I'm recreating the 2001 world series right now so um <laughs> the diamondbacks are winning one nothing in the ninth inning at this moment <laughs> and alfonso soriano definitely need a kfc double down <laughs> <laughs> alfonso soriano is up to bat at the moment um and i'm gonna need a most stuff oreo cookie to deal with my pain <laughs> Uh, there's good old Luis Gonzalez. <laughs> um, so nothing, not much doing right now. Uh, you've got a DUI, a failure to appear, another DUI. Uh, DUI. Uh, robbery. DUI. Burglary, larceny. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. Um, no, that's that's not valid. Never mind. Um, see, I'm just I'm doing the lighthearted ones because this has been a real bummer of a year, man. It's a lot of really it's, serious. It's 2020 crime. <laughs> it's been a lot of really serious crimes, which kind of. I don't want to say that Fulmer Cup was meant to be fun or funny, but, you know, it's kind of a, supposed to be sort of a lighthearted way of looking into some of the things that players do. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'm going down the uh, but Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Here, Tyler Flank, Montana Grizzlies linebacker, hid from cops in a dumpster. 
Oh, uh, yeah, that is a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and pretty guilty to misdemeanor obstruction of a peace officer and being a minor possession of uh, minor in possession of alcohol. So, according to court documents, Missoula police responded to the Top Hat, where police believed the group of males was engaging in order, disorderly conduct. When police attempted to make contact with them, Flank fled. Records indicate Flank hid inside of a dumpster and made numerous attempts to elude law enforcement on foot until police located him on blah, 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 arrested him at 12.40 a.m. He was booked, blah, 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 posted his bond, and all that other boring stuff afterwards. <laughs> uh, and they are aware of what happened. He has them said he couldn't speculate what the ACT would decide on for the penalty. Okay, uh, blah, blah, soon enough, they code of conduct, who cares? Uh, all right. So there's there's one guy head inside of a dumpster. That's a good one. Uh, public intoxication. Da, 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 da. Oh God, no, that's depressing. <laughs> uh, I told you, this is this has been a really depressing year. Uh, multiple charges. Uh, nope, that's depressing. <laughs> oh, felony charges. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, just give up man uh, well there's the dumpster one so at least uh dorm room robbery okay well hopefully uh, didn't steal anything funny at least come on oh a coach coach was diving intoxicated there's one nsu coach yeah so that's a that's a different one northwestern state uh so there's one and that's that's different at least and okay that's just the first page i'm not gonna keep going so uh uh dumpster guy you are the funny one for this week so uh good on you and, and we'll uh tyler flank montana uh god don't 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 kill us um anyways uh uh andrew you forgot to put your disclaimer ah uh, yes thank you uh, Fulmer Cup, we are not the official or sponsor. We are neither sponsored nor the official podcast of the Fulmer Cup. And yeah, that's about it. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely not sponsored by them. Uh, although we wish we were. <laughs> um, anyways, all right, so there's the Fulmer Cup. Where, where, what time are we at here? Okay, 134. Hmm. Um. Oh yeah, Andrew. Did you see the yep. brawl between the Lightning and the Bruins? Yep. Charles, that, that was did, a good one. Did you see the the brawl between uh, Lightning and Bruins? I have not. Okay, we're, we're, we'll put it but on the screen I, there. And everybody, everybody loves a good hockey brawl. So, uh, a little history. Andrew, can you give them a history of the, especially recently between the Bruins and Lightning? Uh, sure. I mean, they just the make... Lightning and Bruins yeah. aren't necessarily traditional rivals like the Bruins and the uh, Canadiens, the Bruins and the Maple Leafs, the Bruins and the Rangers. Rangers. Uh, basically, everyone hates the Bruins. Um, They're a yeah, Boston they team. A lot of people's they get under a lot of people's skin and their announcers are annoying as hell there i yep. said it yep 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 um so recently the the lightning and the, and the bruins have met up a few times in the playoffs most notably was 
<laughs> this hurts. Were they this... the team that eliminated you last year? No, no. That was the Blue Jackets. Yeah, that was that's yeah. Uh, that that one really hurts, but in a, at least for me personally, it doesn't hurt as much as 2011. Uh, 2011, we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals against them. So we were uh, on, So on the screen here, Charles, when you when you get to see it, so here's um, uh, Zdeno Chara, who was like six foot seven or six foot eight, something like that. And and that's I think without, he's six nine without skates. Without the skates, so he's like seven feet tall with the skates. Uh, was taken down uh, by one of the Lightning players. Um, I think Maroon, and then the entire line, a line brawl occurred, and and Andrew, you, you tell Charles the you gotta love those the the line brawl. Well, you've explained it before, but explain it again of what a line brawl is. Uh, let me see. Hold on. So basically, uh, I can it in and, five, and Chara got ta taken in, down twice. Actually, I can explain it in five words, Charles. You ready? Yes. Everyone on the ice fights. Yes. I, I kind of figured that. <laughs> Except we didn't get the the, the that's, that's We didn't get the the bonus of the goalies going at it. That's that's all. That's a, that's a that's a true like a full line brawl, but those you see rarely because goalies actually get I think ejected if they fight. Well, uh, because yeah. they break a few rules, one of which is the goalies are not allowed to leave their crease um, during a fight, and then also they one of at least one of them has to cross over the the red line, which is also a big no no. Mm -hmm. The red line is that line in the center of the ice. I think yeah. he would figure that one. Um, I'm getting that C degree, you guys, in hockey. I'm learning. <laughs> what I've learned is that Andre Richard was the best offensive player, and that's why he's got an award. I kind of always knew what a line brawl was, but I never knew hold on, hold on, hold on. No, It's his brother, his brother Maurice, but Henri is the one that won the most Stanley Cups. Okay, so Maurice died, but no. They're both like, dead. You see, this is why he's probably, <laughs> they're both no, dead. They, they are now both dead. They're both turning over their graves because they're like, who is this peasant talking about <laughs> hockey and what he's learned? I know that. I know I should love uh, Brad Marchand because he's petty and I'm supposed to like petty. And then I've learned that... He is, um, he is the, definitely the heel of the NHL. He's the heel of the NHL. And then the other thing I learned essentially this is that, uh, well, for all intents and purposes, I will never, ever know fully proper point standing for playoffs because I'm too much on the win-loss guy, but I'm learning. I'm yeah, learning. and I have, oh gosh, I, I guess we... It makes it so hard to speculate. Well, okay, so, uh, well, let me finish right talking about this. So, um, the Lightning and the Bruins, the last, I would say the last five years, have been the tops of their division in the NHL. So, they are routinely going at it and routinely up there as the best teams in the league and so and of course fighting for a stanley cup the lightning uh last win in 2015 and lost and the bruins oh, for, for, let me finish explaining what happened in 2011. yeah uh so they were in game seven in tampa um we were so close to tying right. the game 
which probably would have taken it into overtime. But that son of a bitch, Tim Thomas, had to make a miraculous save with the paddle of his stick, which if you look at a goalie stick, that's the the thicker part mm-hmm. um, that blends into the, the actual uh, the blade. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the blade. Yeah, sorry. So you've got the handle, then you've got the paddle, then you've got the blade. It's so he stopped the puck with his freaking paddle. They end up winning the series. They would go on to beat the Canucks and set off a massive amount of riots up in Northwest Canada. Yeah. Okay. Is that the year the Bruins won to the Stanley Cup. What's that? Is that the year they won the Stanley Cup as well? The Bruins. Yes. Yeah, twenty eleven. Oh, okay. So. Um, so it leads to kind of one of those situations of, damn, we probably could have won the cup. Yeah, probably, possibly. So, um, yeah, and then they've been kind of going at it the last five years or so, and 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 we'll see what happens this season, because uh, if they if things go as we think they will go, and hopefully the Lightning don't choke in the first round, but they'll probably have a second round matchup against each other, and that'll be fireworks right there and then so th- th- this thing's gonna come to a head these teams have been building up to this and they really do hate each other now if they, there's a complete line brawl um uh, uh, nhl is hoping the panthers get in the panthers have a bit of a resurgence again hopefully they'll get that spot and we'll get that florida matchup um that would first be, i round. would love to see one of those so the nhl wants that uh, but yeah, Charles, to your point. So I'm gonna go back to the uh, the NHL points system. Uh, NHL points, which like some seasons they helps you out, some seasons it doesn't. For this year, the Panthers, it's not. Uh, let me find the the standings for right now. So. One second, because I, I the two teams I want to point out are said Boston Bruins and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, because they have made kind of the most egregious uh, use of what the NHL well, well NHL fans have uh, kind of like a, in a derogatory way called the loser point which is the point that you get automatically for getting a, t- a game into overtime. So if you get into overtime, you get a point just for that. So it's a good thing for a team, but it can also be bad for other teams around the league that are you know, scoreboard watching. It's because teams that they're chasing may get a point, and that helps them stay ahead. Right now, the Boston Bruins have 12 loser points, which if you look at their 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 the, the records with the Lightning, they have the same amount of victories. There's 43 victories both of them have, but the Bruins have made good use of the loser point and are six points ahead of the Lightning. If this was a true win-loss like every other league, the Lightning and the Bruins would be tied for first place. They have the same exact record, same amount of wins and losses. So that's kind of like the downside. The Columbus Blue Jackets, a team that kind of is miraculously 
in a playoff spot at this point. They they have a, a minus goal differential, so they've given up more goals than they've than they've made. Um, their their goaltender, their rookie goaltender, is a huge part of why they're they're so good. Or they've made they've been able to get 15 games into overtime and have uh, well not 15 games into overtime, but they've had 15 uh, loser points. So they have 81 points in total. If they had even half of that, they wouldn't even be in a playoff spot right now. They'd be far behind everybody else. So that's. So is this fair or that's such a weird point system to me? That's the thing. A lot of people think it's unfair. A lot of people, um, it, it's something that, especially after the 2005 canceled season and the introduction of the shootout, a lot of NHL fans, especially the old school ones, lament because games used to have ties. But of course, I don't like being like European soccer and having ties. I hate that. I hate. I want conclusions to the games, and I would rather it go to a straight up win loss. Hey, uh, even if even if it goes against the Panthers right now, but it would actually help the Panthers in this sense. They'd be it. it they'd be much maybe even a little closer to to a playoff spot. It, I, I, I know why the NHL does it because it keeps fans interested longer than normal. It's essentially like when baseball added the second wild card spot. More fans interested, more chance for your team to make the playoffs. The Columbus Blue Jackets, if they had a straight win loss, they wouldn't even be in this race. But because of the loser point, they're in this race. Um, the New York Islanders are behind, but just getting a game into overtime keeps you in that race up until like usually NHL seeding. It's very rare that things are resolved by like the last two games of the season. It usually comes down to the final game of the season to figure out where everybody's seated, um, or even playoff spots, uh, um, in general, so that aspect keeps you interested. But I like having a fair system. Wins losses are pretty fair. You win or you lose. That's it. That's life. But NHL has kept going with this. I don't think they'll change it anytime soon. Well, for the record, this system is used in soccer. Oh, oh, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> so it's they didn't just randomly come up with it it's in in soccer you get three points for winning zero points for losing obviously and then two points each team gets one if they draw okay so the, a lot of people in the nhl want to propose a three-point system which kind of like soccer right which would Keep, they'll keep the loser point, get a game into overtime, you get a point. But if you win a game in overtime or the shootout, you only get two points rather than three points. Three points would only be for a regulation victory, which awards teams for outright beating a team within the 60 minutes that you're allotted for regulation right. time. And I, can, and I like that. Yeah, that's a bit, that's a compromise for me. That's a compromise for me between the straight-up win-loss or keeping the system that we have. So, 
further question because imagine as if I never knew soccer, hockey in my life, and I'm wondering why soccer, a sport I don't watch, is influencing this. Why can't you just do half point systems? Now, hear me out because I don't know everything, so I'm speaking on my butt. Um, you win the regular season. I guess that's your point. Okay, how about this? Are they going off points or going by points scored? Right? Uh, well, or... well, okay. So that's where the overtime thing confused me. Okay, so points. So the NHL yeah. points are just what they attribute the value of a win is. So a win is equal to two points. It has nothing to do with okay, how many good. goals you've scored. So right. that, it, yeah, and then it, I did pay attention in class then. Okay, yeah. It has nothing to do with your offensive production. Although, as part of the tiebreaker system, um, offensive production becomes a factor when you have to start um, going down that road. Here are the tiebreaker procedures. The first one is the, the fewer number of games played. But, of course, at the end of the season, that, that doesn't matter. Um, the greater number of games won, excluding games won in overtime or by a shootout. So regulation victories do have more value than um, overtime victories in the sense that uh, if two teams are tied at the end of the season with the same amount of points, whoever won more games in regulation will get that, that playoff spot. Uh then after that, if they're tied there, greater number of games won, excluding games won by the shootout. So now it's it goes further down. And then after that, um, games won overall, just total victories. And then after that, number of points earned in games against each other. And then after that, goal differential. That, but the goal differential, like you're getting really deep if you have to go that far. Um, NHL, Charles, you know goal differential is? Yeah. Oh, I'm guessing the amount of points that you score versus the amount of points that was on yeah. your team. Plus minus. Correct. Yeah. yeah. The NBA yeah, starting yeah, yeah. the NBA is starting to use that now too, the plus minus system. Um, so my question going into it is that is it bad if you just have the overtime wins constitute like half a point and that's it? Or are you feel like we're punishing two teams that are just as good it just so happened to lead to overtime? I feel like you're punishing the team that gets the victory overall because okay. that the victory should um losing a game is losing the game i feel like a loss whether you did it in regulation or it's at after round 20 of a shootout which i saw the longest shootout in nhl history <laughs> um along with uh, kelly and and drew from from law school um it's still a loss so even yes. though uh, the panthers did win that shootout but if they did lose like if they lost it's still it feels bad still it's like man he still didn't get that extra last point so i could i still feel like it's unfair to teams that that are winning games in regulation and just or winning outright like I gave you the example, the Boston Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. They both have the same amount of victories, and yet the Bruins are the team that are six points ahead. When essentially the Bruins are just a team that you know, have been harder to play against because they've gotten more games to go into overtime, and the Lightning had a horrible start to the season and, and had to play catch-up. But they're still basically... They're very much evenly matched. 
as we saw in the aforementioned brawl. There are very evenly matched uh, teams. I could see that series going seven if if they do match up in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's unfair to the team that ultimately gets the victory. And the, like the blue, and my other example, the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets have victories, thirty three victories, and yet they hold the first wild card spot, meaning they're ahead of the Carolina Hurricanes, who have the second wild card spot, have thirty seven victories. The New York Islanders have 35 victories. The Florida Panthers have 35 victories. The New York Rangers have 36 victories. So they're ahead of four other teams that have won more games than they did. It's like it's like the NBA with a horrible Eastern Conference team getting the eighth seed when a decent Western Conference team is out of the playoffs just by virtue Which of... Which is actually happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's NBA. it's happened all the time. It happens every year in the NBA. <laughs> really, the 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 last like two or three seeds in the Eastern Conference shouldn't even be playing in the in the playoffs. But that's it's unfair to me. It's unfair to me. The Western Conference, the NHL is a little more even evenly matched. But um, I mean, yeah, I I I kind of agree, but at the same time, you know. I feel like there's something to be said for being able to take to take a team into overtime that should be rewarded a bit. But I also like, you know, the three point system, where three points for a win, for an outright win. Okay. Uh, well, and win should be a full three pointer, whatever, and then a loss should whether. If an, if it's an overtime loss, then it should be one point or one point for a win, and a quarter mm-hmm. point for. I don't. I would honestly be okay with going to. If we go to fractions, you know, it's going to be too hard. That's too hard. That's too much math. <laughs> it's too hard of a math. <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, it would be cool if they could get rid of the point system, but I like it in some ways as well Mm -hmm. i don't know i think it would ultimately just be easier if there was a point system i they they don't have it in baseball i can go i mean they don't have it in baseball they play 162 games but imagine that imagine like like a team winning like 400 points oh my god how many points that would be in baseball um 100 victories a team that wins 100 victory that's like 200 points if it was the nhl um okay um, but then, okay, if you put it in baseball, if you had put, I guess you could feel a little better that you lost a 16 inning game if you did get a point out of it, right? That it would sting a little less that you lost that game, but you still lost the game, and it shouldn't diminish the value of the victory for the team that did win. So I could see the three point system being a good thing if, um, just to make the regulation victory more valuable. Right, because right now you're getting half of what a winner gets if you lose an overtime. Right, and but here you're getting one third of the you're getting one third. And and going by the tiebreaker procedures they already laid out, they're already giving the regulation victory more value anyways when a team is tied. So why not add the extra point just to differentiate it more from an overtime victory or a shootout victory? That's all. 
Yeah, I could see that. Like an outright win is three points. An overtime win is two points. They're already giving more value to it. Why not just straight up give a point to that regulation victory? Instead of doing this whole tiebreaker mumbo jumbo. Yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. Points make things confusing. Yeah, but once again, keeps more teams in the game as far as playoff races. All right, uh, we're heading towards the end, so you all know what that means, right? Yeah, we, we, we we head off to the cage as we are, what, a month away from WrestleMania? more or less we are a month away so welcome everybody yes sir welcome everybody to the cage with charles your weekly trueplex in all things wrestling sports entertainment and otherwise disclaimer as andrew has with the former cup i say with mine wrestling is not fake it is scripted it is a dance it is poetry in motion it is a ballet story about men and women chasing titles chasing feuds or just trying to be the best of the competition and we talked about WrestleMania, so let's start with WrestleMania. Boys, I'm not really that excited for WrestleMania. This oh, card yeah. has... Yeah, and I'll tell you why. is because I'm still being King Petty over Bray Wyatt. In Alter Ego, losing Goldberg. Even though the transference of taking risk, as we talked about last week, to help Roman get fully over because everybody hates Goldberg. The other reason why I kind of hate the card, why I don't hate the card, it's just that Elimination Chamber, which was a pay-per-view that happened over the weekend, was so uninteresting to me. Wait, that hold I on, said, hold I hold don't on. need to watch what, it. What, what is, is it like anything special as far as uh, rules are concerned for Elimination it Chamber? It is a gimmick pay-per-view. So the idea of the Elimination Chamber is that you have six participants in these little tubs in a steel cage of hell, basically, specifically set in a different way, where you're in these pods, and you don't know who's coming in first. It starts with two, and then in a way of like the Royal Rumble, uh, after a couple of minutes, then comes the next person. I think it's like every three to five until either people are eliminated. So, so huh, you can huh, have huh, variations. Huh. You can uh, have just so, uh, so I can understand, it's, is it like hitting the random question mark in Smash Bros. just figure out who's going to fight each other? In the basically, basically, but okay. it's not Aaron there. So you okay. get the excitement. So let's say wrestler one, wrestler two, and there's you know three, four, five, six waiting it out, and then they're just waiting, and when they're called, they're called. So depending who you're going to, depending what st- story you're going to tell, there's been some great elimination. Yeah, I can't speak. There's been some great elimination chamber matches in the past. But for me, if you're going to make a gimmick pay per view mean something, you need the real titles to be in place and you're not having it at this pay-per-view because brock lesnar doesn't wrestle elimination chamber doesn't wrestle anything that is a b related pay-per-view so a pay-per-views are the big show pay-per-views royal rumble wrestlemania SummerSlam, survivor series money in the bank i would venture so call the big five those weird little pay-per-views like fast lane or the backlash pay-per-views he's not going to be there he'll always be there for the saudi shows because that's where the money comes in so this year's Elimination Chamber, now Francisco, if you have the background set up of how it goes, is it was settled for two things. One, a tag team match, which I am told was pretty great, and then a women's number one contender match. I don't like contenderships 
being put as the prize when you win the chamber. If I'm going to enslave myself to 30, 40, 50 minutes of brutality as a concept of a character, I'm going to want it to be for a championship, not an opportunity to wrestle someone at WrestleMania, especially since the basis of the title match or the championship contender match made no sense to me because it went to the person that it was expected to go to. In this instance, it was Shayna Baszler, who had this very long 430-day run in NXT, the little brother kind of getting his facial hair, you know, brand for wrestling for the WWE. Because remember, there's Raw, there's SmackDown, there's NXT, and NXT is trying to grow a little bit of chest hair, grow a little bit of shit hair, grow a little bit of other hair, if you know what I'm talking about, to be taken consider seriously in the eyes of Vince McMahon. Mind you, it's my favorite brand of the three because it has the better wrestling, the better natural story. So Shayna got called up. She had some kind of main roster show with the Survivor Series back in November, but she gets called up on Raw, and she automatically challenges for Becky Lynch. The entire storyline for the month is like, hey, you and I got some beef. I don't like you. I'm going to tear the living crap out of you. She bit Becky on the back of the neck, made her look like Jaws from (laughs) 007. So you already had a natural story built in there you didn't need Shayna to run ramshot everybody to run ramshot whatever the phrase is to just basically run a train on all the other women because she eliminated every single person and it was the main event so for me it wasn't getting there there are matches on the card i am going to watch this pay-per-view but other ramifications of how it leads to wrestlemania don't have anything big but so from what i've been told matches to watch aj Styles versus Aleister Black, which I knew was going to be good. That's basically a wrestling wet dream for your boy. They had some schmoozy stuff. It's really just a setup for The Undertaker and AJ Styles, which is still kind of a wrestlers, you know, wrestling fan wet dream right there. I'm going to enjoy it. My buddy hates it. He just wishes that Taker just retires or dies. Interesting enough, AJ had a pretty decent promo that the crowd wasn't buying for essentially saying that Undertaker, stop collecting the cash, be done with it because I am the phenomenal one. You're done. Um, Another match I heard that was very good, which I'm not surprised, was Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak used to be the former champion, cruiserweight champion, high-skilled technical wrestler. Not a lot of character to him, but he can go on the mat, man. He can play the game pretty well. Daniel Bryan, very similar skills. They're very skilled technicians. I'm hearing that was the best match of the night. And then, of course, there was fun stuff like the, uh, the men's tag team elimination chamber match for the SmackDown Championship, where they had all the tag teams in the pods, and it came out to which Miz and Morrison, who are the current SmackDown tag team champions, retained. But really, all that is is just a buffer point to WrestleMania. Side note, Andrade Umberto, I heard was good. We'll get there. And of course, Sami Zayn, because you saw it earlier. Sami Zayn, he won finally his first title on the main roster after being with the company for almost four or five years. He did have the NXT championship, but that's when NXT wasn't really the pubic hair, chin hair, chest hair kind of brand trying to sit at the table. It was its own little thing. So good for Sami. Really, we're looking to WrestleMania. I'm saying, what's the card, man? Why am I to be invested? Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Okay, that could be fun. Here's my problem with it. Drew McIntyre hasn't had any meaningful single feuds. His biggest one was last year's WrestleMania, which he got whooped by Roman Reigns coming back from cancer, and his momentum kind of stalled. He didn't have any mid-card titles, such as the Intercontinental or the U.S. Championship, to kind of push himself onto a believable basis. He didn't really beat any main eventers. He just so happened to win the Royal Rumble. What helps make that feud interesting is that at least it looks like Vince and Paul 
Paul Heyman are going all in on the concept of him. So there's going to be some bitter brutality. I'm hoping they can go. Brock's been having his matches with the small guys. Let's see what he can do with a big Haas. Other match we want to know that we're going forward to that's been confirmed, NXT champion Ray Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Eh, eh, NXT has a takeover pay-per-view the day before. You can just put that title match there, but they don't want to. So it just doesn't serve the purpose for me. AJ Styles versus The Undertaker, I'm interested because it's like, you know, you get your toys and you're playing them past and present and future. I feel like that again at 30. I'm like, this is great. But the match, let's talk about the real match that if Vince McMahon had the huevos, he would put <laughs> as the main event. And that's Roman versus Goldberg. I'm kidding. I'm lying. I don't care about that match. I know Roman's going to win. Edge and Randy Orton is just shaping up to be the ultimate soap opera storyline because last week's Raw, Randy Orton is going up there saying, I did this. I betrayed Edge because I don't want to see him get hurt further. The man had like cervical spine issues to which he had to retire for nine years. Yikes. I tried to put him out of misery. I'm like, oh, man. and it's real life stuff. So it's bringing in a little bit of that mix. And he's saying this to his wife, Beth Phoenix, who's rumored to have a WrestleMania match. And then Beth Phoenix says, well, basically she gives him the middle finger and kicks him in the gut. And then he RKO's her. You want to make a guy be hated? You do that to some guy's woman. Fast forward to yesterday. Edge came back, Andrew. They, the music hit and everything. Yes. And he attacks MVP, who is one of the wrestlers slash agents slash managers, and Randy's way to attack him. And then Edge hits him with his own move. His RK, he RKO'd Randy Orton. That's that's oh, that's that, that's big D energy right there, you guys. And then <laughs> in the process of it, he chokes out MVP while staring down Randy Orton, and then he hit a double chair shot onto uh, MVP, and that's what it's about. You're like, holy crap, what has well, happened? I think we need to pause here for a second. I'm sure Francisco is lost, so let me just break down a little bit of what just happened. Okay. So I know Charles has mentioned this in the past, but the big you know, F you move to somebody is to steal their finisher and use it on them. Oh. Uh, that's like... Uh, Someone doing Gronk Spike, if they like pick six did, or if it was opposing tight end, or... and doing it in front of him. Yep. Except worse. Um, so Randy Orton, the the Legend Killer, right? That's his nickname. Yes. Apex um, Predator, Legend Killer, goes to dark places. So many nicknames for him. Um, a WWE legacy, by the way. Um, I think his father was in it as well. Third generation. Cowboy Bob Orton was a uh, wrestler, and I don't remember his dad's name. Uh, so anyway, Randy, his uh, finisher is called the RKO, which you might have seen used in some memes. Um, at least the sound effect of one of the uh, uh, announcers <laughs> saying it. Um, so basically what Charles is saying is the Edge used the RKO against Randy Orton. And I'm getting K out of nowhere. Yes, exactly. And I'm guessing that the K is his middle name. I probably, probably Kendall or Ken. I'm gonna look that up that right nature. now. Or he added but, a middle name to his real name just for the sake of this. <laughs> regardless, what, 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 hold on. I, I want. What am I watching? Do you see what I'm watching on the screen here? I'm yeah, saying so that's a buildup to a very disappointing past WrestleMania match between oh, Triple H okay. and Randy Orton. Very disappointing. Oh, okay. They had a, it's portrayed as a blood feud. So, okay, so let's educate a little bit. 
a blood feud is basically two guys or two gals who want to just basically rip each other apart. So you have this whole continuing storyline. There might be a stipulation to it, like notification, or you know when they get into the ring, they're going to beat the holy hell out of each other. At that WrestleMania match, if I believe it was WrestleMania, they had a very technical match. Technical being, here's an arm lock, a wrist bar, very slow pace, acting as if they never tried to beat each other up in the weeks prior. So it was disappointing on that, that execution. To bring it back to Edge and Randy Orton, I do not think that's going to happen. I think we're getting a no disqualification match. I think the crowd is invested because you got two storylines. You got three storylines coming in here. You got a retired vet who's no longer retired that was betrayed by his buddy, and his buddy's doing it not because he likes it, not because he hates the guy and always wanted revenge. He's doing it because he's afraid of him further injuring himself. And those two little girls that he's seen grow up, his children are not going to be able to have a daddy because of, you know, the career of being a thrill chaser. I think he described it in a promo to Beth Phoenix. So Randy described to Beth Phoenix to say that your husband's a junkie, his adrenaline junkie. Oh, it's going to, it's just chef's kiss or the pocket kiss. You know, it's just perfect. And if Vince McMahon had the cojones, he would say, you know what? I appreciate Drew McIntyre and I want to push him to the moon. And I'm going to love the fact that Roman is going to destroy uh, the uh, Goldberg. And we're going to hope that the Fiend beats John Cena. He talked to me about that next week when I get my emotions back in check from that. Because I canceled my subscription, damn it. But I will. I refuse to watch SmackDown until the Friday after WrestleMania. But if Vince has the cojones and he wants me to applaud him, he will put Randy and Edge as the main event. Unless, this is the only disclaimer, unless he knows that it's going to be a long pay-per-view. Because last year's WrestleMania met between Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and uh, Ronda Rousey suffered that fatigue of people have been watching wrestling for six, seven hours, five hours if you don't watch the pre-show, and the match is ending at 1 in the morning, 1.30 in the morning. So do they even care? If you know it's going to be a long WrestleMania, if you know you're going to have 14 matches on the card, because it's going to be huge, huge, you don't put that as a main event. You put it as the halfway point to get the crowd a little bit emotionally taxed afterwards. You have a cooler match, and then you bring in the title matches. That's what I would do. AEW uh, world, slow as molasses right now. They're still continuing the Moxley-Jericho storyline. Remember, Moxley won the AEW championship. In New Japan, there's concerns about the coronavirus because it's overseas, so they're contemplating canceling events. Actually, there's some concerns about WrestleMania as well because it's taking place in Tampa. That's Which they've is had right next to... to... Yeah, right, right there. So tell you, I redact my prior statement, it's CV, not that other word that we can't say. You're not Vince McMahon, you can't shut my mouth. Um, not even that Vince could anyway, <laughs> not that he cares, right? He's too busy with the XFL. He's being sued by some employees. That's very interesting. I want to see what happens with that. Um, but who knows? They probably don't have a, a claim to stake in there. And then everything else, Ring of Honor, the back the pure title on a day that's not too WrestleMania congested. I'll, I'll explain to you the pure title and why it's, Eh, in between for your boy and his fanship to it. And then I, I think, guys, I think that's about it for me in the cage. I've had enough. My body can't take it anymore. All righty. So let's, uh, all right, let's close his this out. body was ready. <laughs> all right, guys. So that's that's it for us. So uh, uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Stay safe yeah, out there. Exactly. Stay healthy. Ciao. Buy some most Oreos because if you're not going to go out, at least, you know, feed yourselves.
If you're gonna go and out, go out else. like that instead of by the by the sea virus. <laughs> Yo, up, it's, up, it's happening! It's happening! <laughs> I heard a sneeze. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Good night. Take care. The center fielder throwing home.